edition of the Ain't Easy Being Green podcast, broadcasting to you live from beautiful, amazing, picturesque Crystal Lake Studios in Mohegan Lake, New York. My name's Keith Farrell. I'm joined, as always, by the number one Jet fan in the state of Texas, none other than my colleague and co-host, Michael Lagaris, everybody. Man, I heard it's really hot over there, bro. I think it's hotter by you than it is by me. Steaming in New York right now. Anybody in the Northeast right now is feeling it. Humidity's through the roof. Temperature's through the roof. Doing our best to stay cool here, guys. I got the AC bumping. I was checking with the boys, making sure the audio's okay. Because I can't turn it off, Mike. I'll just I'll sweat. I'm already greased up. Look at this guy. Look at this guy. I got the AC on and I'm sweating here. Uh, but let's get back to the intros. I don't want to leave out the main, the main component of this entire podcast. The engine. The engine that pushes us through every single week. The number one tight end in the history of Division I football. You know him. You love him. The big Wookiee, Nicholas Kronk in the building. What's going on, everybody? This heat is unnecessary, and it just sucks. Yeah, it's. I was in the pool today for a while, just sitting in it, doing nothing, just just absorbing that water in, man, feeling good. Hot as hell, everybody. Stay cool. Stay in the AC. Keep your pets inside, guys. Water yourselves down, everybody. Stay hydrated. You know how it is. We're gonna get into some Jets news and notes here. Then we're gonna jump into some of these defensive rankings when it comes to PFF for all these teams in the AFC East. You know we touched on those running backs on the offensive line. You know we touched on the wide receiver core in the passing game and the offensive line. Mike went through all the data, did the same thing here for the defense. Instead of going through each unit, we're just going to bang the whole defense out for you this week. Should kind of show you where the Jets stack up against the rest of the division, defensively at least. Before we do that, a few news and notes to get to, Michael. You know, the PUP list came out, Mike. Physically unable to perform list came out. Mm. On that list was one Makai Beckton. I don't know if this is or isn't a surprise to insiders or people that work with the Jets or kind of know what his timetable is. But I know to the masses, perception-wise, considering how last year went, considering the rumors of not working hard enough, considering the rumors of potentially being in the doghouse with Robert Salah. Mike, you've pointed that out a few times, kind of some of the wording and the messaging revolving around Becton and the Jets' opinion of him has not been that favorable. All those things considered, Mike, a bad look for him that this guy's not ready to rock and roll by day one of training camp? It's terrible, Keith. I honestly have been so busy with work, I haven't been able to pay attention, and you just educated me on that note, and I'm really disappointed. I thought he would just hit the ground running right away um and this is very disappointing the narrative is terrible it looks bad at on um, management it looks bad across the board Beckton, the the coaching staff i mean i don't understand why this guy isn't ready to go it disappointed me as much as when Degrom didn't start pitching for the mets at the start of the season i just didn't understand it but look we're gonna have to he starts on the pup i mean 
I don't know what it's going to, this kid needs reps. He needs challenge. He needs to be in the trenches and get himself ready to play football. He's the, the franchise left tackle for this, for this team. And it's like, he doesn't even, it's like, he's not even prepared. I think this was a massive, um, this is a massive oh, setback in my opinion. Oh, what, what do you think when it comes to Beckton? I know you're a Giants fan, but just you're a sports fan in general. When someone's drafted as high as he is, plays well as a rookie, but has injury issues, had some injury whispers in college, doesn't really play all of last season, and now he's not even ready to go for the beginning of this season, Wook. When it comes to Makai Beckton and kind of how that looks, just to the to the general public here, it kind of looks like this guy's not giving a full effort, right? Yeah, I was going to say, it's, it's, it, to me, it's it, it could go one or two ways. Either he's not giving a, a good effort, and then obviously you would have to know some uh, the, some of the inner workings, the day-to-day of that operation, or be close to it to know if it's that. Or the other I was thinking is maybe it, it, it's whatever he's trying to come back from legitimately is just taking longer for him to come back from. And I don't know if that's because he has been injured in the past. He's such a heavy person that moves around so quickly for his body type. I just I fear for him because he's so young and he and he's continuing to get hurt that it's just you know those freakish athletes they get hurt sometimes and they and they're injury prone because that body and how quickly they're moving when God shouldn't have made anybody that big that quick catches up with somebody like that I just hope that it, it, it's the latter and he's just a little too he's a little late coming back and not giving the effort. I know what you mean, dude. I mean, that is a variable in here is that he is one of the biggest humans on the planet. So yeah. an, an injury to him might take longer to recover from than a normal person. That's part of this. I get that. I also get that he's gigantic and physically the physics of a giant man, his size moving the speed he does, not seen very often. So we're kind of in a no in a territory you don't deal with very often when it comes to the size of the human and the injury. So hope he gets on the field soon, guys. Hope he's out there tearing it up week one versus the Ravens. Don't have that much time. September 11th is right around the corner, guys. We're almost, we're almost at the end of July here. I mean, we're, so him not being able to rock and roll does concern me, like Mike said. We also have George Font on the PUP list. Carl Lawson, I think everybody knew would be there, but he'll be ready to rock and roll by the time the season starts. Uzoma's on there too, so I'm not too worried about him. Guys, another thing I want to get to, NFL Power Rankings. ESPN Power Rankings dropped today for the National Football League. Now, we know as Jet fans, if anyone's paid attention to any of them or on the ones on CBS or Sports Illustrated, or if you care about Power Rankings at all, which you shouldn't, it's just a subjective ranking, who cares? But if you do, you know we've been perennially locked in 29, 30, 31, 32. That's kind of where we're slotted for the past three seasons. I'm going to ask Mike, drop today, new roster, new hope, bunch of new talent on the squad. Where Mm -hmm. do you think the Jets clocked in here, 32 squads, where do you think we came in in the power ranking, Mike? I would think we're number 23, something like that. Maybe 24. you are... You're pretty good at this, Mike. I'm going to say. You're a savant when it comes to the NFL power rankings. Jets clocked in at number 21, actually, which is which is pretty respectable just considering we haven't been good in a while. And I'm not even saying that that's that amazing, but it's much closer towards the middle of the league than the bottom, which yeah. we're used to residing. You know what I mean, guys? Jets clocked in at 21. Wookie, where do you think your G-men clocked in at? Let's just let's just go ahead and take a stab at it, Wook. 25. You're not that far off either, 29 for the G-Men. Not a lot okay. of hope from ESPN. I yeah, I could see that. Too. I, mean, I, I could have seen the Jets being lower, too. Look, I think Jets and Giants are very comparable uh, teams right now at the point they're at. I want to say the Jets did clock in ahead of, on this list at least, the Miami Dolphins, the Arizona Cardinals, who came in at 23rd. I was a little surprised by. Seattle Seahawks, 
or ranked below the New York Jets as well. Always want to bring that up and just remind Jamal Adams that you left to go play for a winner and now you play for one of the worst teams in the league. But you got your money, so rock out. But it wasn't about the money, right? Um, and always want to bring that up and just remind Jamal Adams that you left to go play for a winner and now you play for one of the worst teams in the league. But you got your money, so rock out. But it wasn't about the money, right? Um, and also Carolina Panthers and Sam Darnold and Baker Mayfield Almost the worst ranked team in the league. They're coming in at 31, guys. One of the interesting notes I want to say that came out of that article, though, if you go do check it out, guys, by Jeremy Fowler on ESPN.com, the power rankings. He said the New York Jets are still looking to make a splash before the season starts. A big splash, he said. He thinks his hunches it might be in the secondary. I don't know how that works or who that would even be with. doesn't make a lot of sense to me. We do know... Veteran players do shake out from some of these teams as we go through training camp. Some of these teams find a rookie or a, a guy who makes way less money that maybe could play a position they didn't realize and a veteran gets cut to save some cap space. Um, in that scenario, maybe we do grab someone, Mike. But if they were to make a big splash, secondary is necessarily the position we're looking at, is it? No, not at all. And we're going to go over these numbers. I would say we, if we need to add talent, it has to be at the linebacking core, period. Um, we're going to go over this uh, today. I'm really excited to go through these numbers with you. Um, if they decide to make a splash, hey, that's what Joe, Joe Douglas does. He he just serves up magic, magic <laughs> cookies every day, man. I love Joe Douglas, but um, yeah, I would I would say we need to add some we need some linebacking help. Yeah, we're on the same page completely, Mike. We're going to get into some of these PFF numbers in a moment. A couple of other little news and notes. Our boy Brees Hall officially signed his contract, Mike. All the rookies are signed, ready to rock and roll for the first day in training camp like we hoped. Braxton Barrios said when asked today, if the Jets don't make the playoffs, Mike, it's a failed season. Wow. What do you think about those comments? I know you got to like the confidence. CJ Mosley said something similar. Playoffs are a bust for the squad. Is that kind of how you look at the team this year, though? Or is that more something you feel comfortable saying maybe next year? No, I mean, I love that the players are taking accountability and they're saying that and they've dropped, they're driven for that. And you know what? A team like the New York Jets are a team that you sometimes may want to bet on because you don't know exactly how this young talent is going to um, deal and, and grow within the season. You know, you can basically look at last year, but there's a lot of additions from a talent perspective to this roster. So if they have the belief and, you know, especially if Zach Wilson is able to take the next step and move this offense. Yeah, man. Hey, believe in it. You know, I, I wouldn't say it's a disappointment as long as I see the quarterback taking and making strides and I see, you know, continuity within the locker room and I see a growth. I will think that is success. If I don't see that, I, then I think the season is a failure and we have to rethink our approach. It's, it's, I'm exactly on the same page, Mike. When it comes to the squad, we have Zach Wilson in year two. And I think the growth of teams almost always is measured by the growth of the quarterback. Because if your quarterback stinks, doesn't matter how your defense grows or if all the offensive players get better. If the quarterback stinks, you're not going to win. So when it comes to our team this year, it revolves around Zach. If he goes out and improves and has a good year and wins games and you know has much more improved decision-making by the end of the year and he's way more polished, for me, I'll feel really good about that. I won't feel like it's a disappointing season if we see that. I think Giant fans kind of in the same boat with Daniel Jones, looking for him to just go out there, have a clean season where he kind of proves his worth. That's kind of what you need here from Zach and what we're looking for. And I think I don't think if they don't make the playoffs, 
it's necessarily a disappointment considering the absolute shark tank the AFC is this year. You look at the AFC West, you look at the Bills, you look at the Pats, you look at all these other teams, the AFC, the Ravens. Um, I mean, the, the, the Bengals, uh, I almost forgot the Bengals. I mean, there's so many good teams in the AFC. Going to be difficult to get in there, but hey, with the way this season's shaking out at the beginning of the year, if they can stay 500 to those first eight games, they'll have a good chance the second half to make a push to maybe get that last playoff spot. Who the hell knows, guys? Maybe we're getting ahead of ourselves, getting a little nuts here. Talking Jets and playoffs in the same sentence, right? It's been a while. Been a while since we've been able to even think about that as a reality, guys. And let's talk about that. This year, the AFC East, Mike, you spoke about, we had a couple different shows about the running attacks, Mike. We had some shows about the passing attacks. You broke the numbers down, Mike, on PFF. Why don't you get into some of those real quick and recap before we jump into the defense, kind of finish this off here. Absolutely. So we, last two two shows ago, we spoke with Mr. Matt O'Leary and talked about the Jet passing offense. And in 2021, we all know that. And the actually the Patriots were number one, according to PFF. We know the, the Bills probably had the best passing attack, but according to PFF, the Patriots did. And then after the additions, the Jets are still in fourth for projected in, in uh, 2022, but they've closed the gap significantly here, as you can see on the screen. They've caught up. They're right behind the Dolphins and uh, pretty much with the rest of the AFC East, depending on, and that is with a projection of Zach Wilson taking that second year leap very similarly to the way Eli Manning took his second year leap. When we look at the running attack from 2021, you can, you can see from a PFF perspective that the New York Jets actually were the best team in the AFC East in 2021. In 2022, they are, again, the number one team projected in the AFC East, and they have grown that margin. Uh, they're very close to uh, the Buffalo Bills, as you can see on the screen here, but um, they should be, have, if not the best, not near the best, the best rush running attack in the AFC East going into 2022. They are, again, the number one team projected in the AFC East, and they have grown that margin. Uh, they're very close to uh, the Buffalo Bills, as you can see on the screen here, but um, they should be, have, if not the best, not near the best, the best rush running attack in the AFC East going into 2022. And that's, it's, it probably surprises people when you look at the running attack. It's not like we were effective running the ball last year from a total yards standpoint. When you look at the offensive line and when you look at the production per carry last year, Carter was actually pretty good. Tevin Coleman was actually pretty good also. Ty Johnson, to a degree, wasn't that bad also, as, as long as you weren't throwing the ball to him on third and five, wide open right over the middle. He was fine. And when we come into this defense here, Mike, you broke down the D-line, you broke down the secondary, and you broke down the linebacker group. Now, two of these groups this year are looking solid. One of them, obviously, as most Jet fans know, is not looking solid. Whatever order you want to do this, Mike, totally up to you. We got D-line, we got secondary, we got linebackers. What do you want to hit first? Yeah, let's look at the defensive line. So last year, from a defense overall PFF grade for the defensive line, using the starting four defensive linemen uh, as my basis, the New York Jets had Shaq Lawson, 
They had Quinnen Williams, they had Foley Fatukasi, and they had Franklin John Myers. All together, they averaged at 66.2 PFF grade, which was actually ranked number one in the AFC East last season. Number two was the Miami Dolphins with Christian Wilkerson coming in at 83.3, Davis uh, Raekwon, and then Emmanuel Agba. Uh, they come in at 65.6. We then had the number three New England Patriots. They came at 64.85. And then the Buffalo Bills in the back with 62.4. Very, very close from a defensive line perspective. All of those teams very, very close. Now, going into 22 from a projection perspective, the New York Jets changed by Carl Lawson is now replacing Shaq Lawson. And we have Jermaine Johnson coming in. And I projected him at a 65 PFF grade. Just basic think yeah. that's what he could do um with carl lawson addition shaq lawson had a 58.6 grade carl lawson has a 76.2 grade that mm. bumped the jets all the way up to 71.47 for the projection for 2022 the only team that looks better than them and this is scary is the buffalo bills the buffalo bills ed oliver Greg Rousseau, they stayed there, solid guys at 70, PFF grade, but they added Daquan Jones, 66.4, and then Von Miller with a whopping 88.7. Their grade now is 74.1, and they have the number one defensive line in the AFC projected next year. That is a change for the Buffalo Bills. The Miami Dolphins uh, came in at number three. They, they just essentially had their same team. They haven't made any changes at all. And then the New England Patriots actually dropped a bit uh, with adding Christian Barmore and uh, getting rid of Davion Godshock. I don't know how to say his name. It's fine. Close enough. Dropped uh, to number four. So that's how we're looking at it next year. The New York Jets will be number two. Buffalo Bills with the add to Von Miller now have the best defensive line uh, in the AFC East. You know what, Mike? When I hear those numbers, obviously Vaughn Miller, and even last year, rated out tremendously on PFF. Um, he's somebody that's going to get after the quarterback. I am surprised he went to the Bills. They have obviously a ton of talent on the line there when it comes to the starting positions. I will say this, though. If Carl Lawson is what we are projecting him to be, and he's going to be a double-digit sack guy and terrorize the quarterback like he did with the Bengals, and Jermaine Johnson is what we're hoping he's going to be, which for his rookie year, maybe he just gets five or six sacks because after the quarterback, too. Um, Quinn Williams and, I mean, Jonathan Franklin Myers, the Jet fans know, he he graded out at a 74 last year. Quinn Williams graded out at a 64. Me and Mike have said it to you a hundred times. Jonathan Franklin Myers played better than Quinn Williams last year. Statistically, and when it comes to PFF, obviously he graded out higher as well. Got the big contract. People wondered why. Then he played really well. Probably one of the more underrated players in the league can play defensive end, can play defensive tackle. So I'll say this, Mike, I think when it comes to similar to what I thought about the wide receiver situation with the squad, or maybe just options passing the ball with the squad. You look at the Bills and you say, okay, they got Von Miller, Ed Oliver, they got Rousseau. These are big names, drafted high, all of them tremendous. The Jets don't have those guys, but I mean, that Quentin Williams was drafted high, don't get me wrong, but we don't have a guy on the line right now that's like a perennial pro bowler. But when you look at what we have on the bench also, now if, if that's, yeah. that's my point here. So the Bills had, do have – those four guys are better than our four guys as of right now. I think Carl Lawson's a huge X factor. Jermaine Johnson's a huge X factor. And I think JFM and I think Quinnen are kind of underrated as far as I think. But our boy Clemens we drafted. Who knows? Who knows with Clemens? We got Huff. 
Um, we got your boy Marshall. We got Vinny Curry. We have Rankins. We have Solomon Thomas. There's a lot of guys, a lot of depth on that defensive line. And we know Asala likes to use a rotation of guys. Mike's brought up here in the past how Quinnen Williams has never played more than 70% of the snaps in a game. We're hoping that changes this year. But they kind of keep the same mantra. I think overall depth-wise, we're better than the Bills. But I can't say we have anyone like a Vaughn Miller. Ed Oliver's been great his whole career so far. So I can see the Bills grading out with the starters above us. But I do think overall that we have a better defensive line than them when we just factor in the bench, Mike. And yeah, everyone else. Yeah, you know? No, I agree. And but it just goes to show you last year the Jets D line was on par with the rest of the AFC East, probably with the rest of the league. That was one of our better units. And uh and we continue to be on par. So I think, you know, whether it's the Bills overall or the Jets, we're there with the defensive line. It's this really this next group, Keith, that made the Jets defense the worst defense in the nfl and honestly scares me going into next next year because i didn't understand how bad we were at linebacker so last year when i look at the pff grades i see the new england patriots were the number one uh linebacking group with matt judon dante hightower and kyle vanoy registering in at a 63.6 pff grade Number two, the Miami Dolphins with Jerome Baker and Sam Oguano and Andrew Van Gleeken, uh, 62 overall grade. And number three were the Buffalo Bills with Matt Milano, Tremaine Edmonds, and A.J. Klein. Obviously, they had a pretty good at 57.9. The New York Jets. C.J. Mosley's PFF grade, Jet, ladies and gentlemen, was a 42. Najra Ham- Hamildeen. His uh, grade, 27.5. Quincy Williams, 44.2. So the, the starting linebackers last year over, who played most, they had a whopping average 37.6 at linebacker for PFF. And guess what? They're the same starters this year. Nothing changed. Now, the Buffalo Bills got better because they added uh, a, a linebacker named, I don't even want to butcher his name, Tyler M. He's a 75.7, so they jumped. New England added Jawan Bentley and Mac Wilson, so they jumped also, and they're yeah. still the number one linebacker. This is what makes the damn patient. And the Bills had Milano already. He's a pretty good linebacker. And, and the Bills, yeah, and the Bills had yeah. Milano already, right, exactly. And the Miami Dolphins, they dropped a little bit because uh, they Jalen Phillips, uh, who is a rookie defensive end? He's he's starting there in the linebacking core, so we'll see how that goes. And then Edin Roberts is new as well. They dropped a little bit, so going into next year, they're you know it's the Patriots one, the Buffalo Bills two, Miami Dolphins three, and then the Jets way way behind in number four. Yeah, you know why that is disconcerting, guys, is because. We saw games last year where teams could just run the ball on us all day long, control the clock, and then that eventually breaks your teams down. They start slinging the ball on us. Like, the run defense last year was atrocious. We gave up the most yards in the league of any team last year. We were the last-ranked defense in the NFL. Um, When it comes to the rushing attack, we gave up about 138 yards rushing a game. I think only the Texans, maybe one other team, gave up more a game. So that's kind of where you saw that lack of uh, skill or the lack of talent there when it comes to the linebacking core, I think is in the rushing attack. Now, C.J. Mosley's low ranking, I think he had about 180 tackles last year or something. I think a lot of that had to do with 
the fact that he basically was a one-man show. You know, Quincy Williams isn't that bad, but obviously his, his PFF grade, Mike, was not that high. Um, he was decent enough for us last year. Nasral Dean is, you know, he's not a linebacker, and we're going into the season with this same group of guys who the highest-ranked guy was a 44. So, I mean, this basic – and then you know, have Jamie and Sherwood. They have Delshawn Phillips. But that's a, a, a positional group that is obviously the weakest one on the team, to me at least. C.J. Mosey, I still think he's really good. I just don't think he can do it by himself. You know, last year, C.J. Mosey's running all over the field, didn't play for two seasons before that. So I think this year he'll be much better. I think his ranking will be much better. His PFF usually is in the mid-70s, almost at 80 for C.J. Mosey. So we'll see if he can course correct that this year. But it's going to be hard with the same exact group. Now, I think the corners being improved are going to help everybody. I think the defensive line actually getting to the quarterback We'll have everybody, but um, when it comes to this rushing attack, I mean, I mean, Wookie, wouldn't you think if, if basically last year, this is the worst run defense humanly possible, and they don't change anything at linebacker, and they just roll with the same guys, is that not cause for concern? <laughs> the squad? I, I, I would definitely say it's cause for concern, unless those guys made leaps and I mean, you know what you're going to get out of Mosley, and you're right. A second year back after not playing for a while, I think he's going to be a lot better. But yeah. the other two guys... I mean, unless you're you're banking on them to improve significantly, then I I don't I don't understand they're, keeping it the way it was. Yeah, they're backups. Hamza Nazaldine is a is a sixth round pick, fifth round pick. I mean, and then Quincy is just you know we got him off the the practice squad from the Jaguars. I mean, <sighs> if they're gonna make a splash, this is where you make that splash. You grab a beast mode linebacker here, and I know there were a lot of Jet fans that were wanting to us to grab one. Uh, in the second round instead of Brees Hall. Obviously, I believe in the Brees Hall pick. Yeah, no, we, that was the right pick. But look at this linebacking core. I mean, this is what's killing us, Keith. This is yeah, what's this killing is... us. Mike, The so just so just to put it in perspective for everyone, the, the patch overall linebacking core graded out at a 69, which isn't great either, but it's about average. The Bills a 65, Dolphins a 58, and the Jets were 37. I mean, that, that is abysmal. And when you look at our other groups here, guys, they're both above a 70. Our secondary and our defensive line graded out really well. And then this linebacker group could be the thing uh, that is kind of our Achilles here, Achilles heel on defense here. We might be seeing tight ends tear us up. We might be seeing the running game tear us up if we can't figure this out. Or if Williams and Mosey don't take a step. Maybe Nasrul Dean takes a step. You never know. These are last year's scores we're going off of. But projecting, like Mike said, to the future here, when you look at it, bringing in, like Wookie said, you know, you bring the same exact group back that was so unsuccessful last year, hoping for a different result. Nine times out of ten, you don't get the different results. Am I right, Mike? I mean, it doesn't seem like the you, best approach here. You are 100% right, but let me just say this, ladies and gentlemen. As we looked over, the defensive line essentially is where it was. It's very good. It's, it beats either the best or second best. The linebacking core didn't change. It's the same. But what makes me excited, okay, is the secondary. Because we changed every spot, starting spot, in the secondary, okay? Let me give you the numbers last year, and then let me give you the numbers this year. And this is why when we look at the ESPN rankings and you see the New York Jets at 21, this is one of the major reasons why. Yes, the offense got better. Yes, we got Brees Hall. Yes, we we're in the second year. But check this position 
out. Last year, the number one team from a secondary perspective was the New England Patriots. They had J.C. Jackson. They had Delvin McCourty. They had Adrian Phillips. I mean, I look up and down their safeties and corners, and I'm like, my goodness. This is why This is why Bill Belichick does what he does. He's got superstars back there. They came in with a 76.6 grade. The number two are the Buffalo Bills, Tredavious White. He's a beast. Jordan Poyer, Micah Hyde, Levy Wallace, 73.12. They came in at number two. The Dolphins are the ones who I thought were the number one team with secondary. Actually, they were number three. They were Jordan, uh, Xavier Howard. Let me just say, Brian Jones is overrated. His grade is a 65, but they make him like he's like some Revis cat. Get get out of here with that BS, okay? And then Jason McCourty, decent. Eric Rowe, decent, okay? So they had 69.7. They have a very good secondary. And then the Jets had Bryce Hall. He had a 63.2 grade. That's not bad. You know what I'm saying? For Bre- I use a fifth round pick. That's not bad. Brandon it's also Echo- not bad considering he's a fifth round pick. We just threw out there as our number one corner last year. Yeah. It's like yeah. the whole year basically, right? Yeah. And he, I mean, that's not that bad. It could be a lot worse. Could be a lot worse. Brandon Eccles is a rookie. Came in with a 45. I mean, what do you expect from a sixth round, sixth round pick rookie? Uh, Marcus May had a 55.9. And then Ashton Davis with a 60.7. So overall, our grade was was 56.2 we were in fourth and we were in fourth by a considerable margin but now when i go into 2022 okay guys uh i see the miami dolphins they have brandon jones changed at safety and that drops their overall grade to 68.5 the new england patriots do not have jc jackson anymore they have malcolm butler who by the way didn't really play last season he comes in at 71.6 from the year before and also kyle duggar comes in at safety 71.8 so they dropped a little bit as well to 71.7 overall and the buffalo bills just drafted a rookie cornerback i projected him at a 65 gave him the same grade i gave jermaine johnson and uh they are at a 72.7 and mike can i add one caveat to the bills ranking here is that tredavious white probably is not going to be playing week one he's coming off an acl so he was only graded out at a 65 last year towards acl one of the better corners prior to that in the league who knows what he's going to be when he comes back but he's definitely not going to be there for week one for the bills that's a good point i didn't even think about that so all of all of the teams in the afc east have taken a step back from a projections perspective okay the new york jets have everyone who started from a starting cornerback and a starting safety are not starting in 2022 we have sauce gardner i projected him as a 70. he's the number four he's the number uh four pick in this draft i'm putting him as a 70. that's what we expect from him at least okay i have we have cornerback dj reed from seattle he's at a 78.6 78.6 almost an 80 pff grade at cornerback okay jordan whitehead 74.9 higher higher than jamal adams gentlemen higher than jamal adams and then you got lamarcus joiner and i pulled his pff from the last time he played free safety which was a 74.9 overall the new york jets have an average PFF grade in their secondary of 74.6, which ranks number one in the AFC East. Number one in the AFC East. Strong, too. And Mike made a great point when it comes to last year's group with Hall and Eccles, and you had May there, and you had Ashton Davis. None of those guys are starting this year. 
Hall is where I kind of thought his spot should be the entire time, which is he's a good cornerback. He's not a number one. It shouldn't really be a number two, probably. should probably be your, a, either a backup corner or um, coming in on these dime packages, these nickel packages. I didn't see him as someone that should be playing every single down versus the top receivers in the league, even though he graded out decently enough when he was a rookie for those nine games. Um, he's kind of where he should be now. DJ Reed, okay, when the Jets signed him, a lot of people were like, who the hell is DJ Reed? And then look it up and they're like, oh, wow, that's one of the highest rated safeties. Uh, excuse me, one of the highest rated corners in the NFL. His height gets used against him, but look how the guy plays. Look at the plays he makes. He's shutting people down. He's knocking balls down. He's getting interceptions. So DJ Reed's kind of an under-the-radar, tremendous signing by our boy Joe Douglas. I think Sauce has potential to be – Mike gave him a 70. He's a rookie. Let's see what he does. This is a guy that has potential to be one of the elite players in this league. Okay, so maybe this year he's a 70, but you could be seeing a guy with PFF ratings through the roof very soon. And then Whitehead and Jordan, the Marcus Jordan when he played safety was very good. Went to quarter, not as well. Going back to safety now. And then Jordan Whitehead, another guy, another kind of under-the-radar signing here by the Jets. The, the Buccaneers drafted two safeties in the past three years. No room really for Whitehead there. They drafted them both pretty high. Not someone that was let go because of talent. He's only 25 years old. You look at PFF, they still have him rated higher than Jamal Adams for this season. Guy's a tackling machine, crushes people. You look at the totality here now of this secondary, Mike. Hall gets pushed into a reserve role or kind of a dime package role, okay? We still have our boy Javelin Gidry. We still have Michael Carter III, MC3. We still have Eccles. So when it comes to the depth now, okay, all those guys probably should have been in depth roles to begin with. We had to start. We didn't have anybody else. That's just the way it worked out last year, right, guys? This year, Sauce, DJ Reed, that's legit starters at corner. And the, the jump they took here, now, the linebacking core kind of sunk our overall rating of the defense, okay? Now, if, if they were just average, if we just messed around with, like, a 60 rating, the Jets would be pre doing pretty good. We probably had the second-best defense in this whole division. Because of that linebacker group, if you ranked all the averages, that 37 brings us down to last. Now, I don't think the Jets have the worst defense in this division. I think that's the Dolphins. I think the Dolphins' defense is going to be absolutely atrocious this year. The Pats have a chance at having an absolute garbage defense as well. Both those teams' defenses, I think, will be garbage. And the Jets and the Bills will have the best defenses. A lot of it revolves around the linebacker position. But if your secondary is just locking people down, um, I mean, we've taken a giant step in that department, which Joe Douglas wanted to do. And I think all of the groups on this team, Mike, after we did the, the show about, you know, the kind of the passing attack, the running attack, and now we did defense – Almost every group on the squad, even special teams, we're not going to get into special teams, but we signed Greg the Leg, we have Barrios. Every group, Mike, has improved from last year to this year. Quarterback room, that's a question mark, right? We'll see. Hopefully it's improved. But I think every group's improved except on paper this linebacking court. And you kind of spelled it out for me. These numbers kind of put it in perspective for me, Mike. When you look through all the groups, every group had some stats here or some PFF rankings here that were encouraging for us at running back, at wide receiver, at offensive line. There was things everywhere to look for positive. Secondary, the, the defensive line. Linebackers where I'm the most worried, Mike. When we get into the season here, you think teams will say, okay, Jets have a decent secondary. We're just going to try to run the ball on them? I think that Salah and Douglas know – how to build a team and they know they got to win in the trenches and then they got to be able to cover. And now you see the Jets have a better secondary most likely than mostly all of the AFC East and they have 
um, as good of a defensive line as anyone in the AFC East. Um, so with those two units operating, you can cover for a weaker linebacking core. Um, that still is going to spell issues when it comes to the defensive run game. Um, you know how the uh, teams love to run the screen against us, and we weren't able to really stop that. I'm hoping that Quincy and Najel Hazeldean make a step forward. Um, there's also Jamie and Sherwood and others that can potentially play back there. But, um, I, you know, I'm just looking at these numbers. I'm really, really excited um, on what we're going to see here, especially if Zach Wilson takes a leap forward. So what I did is I took all the numbers that we've just gone over from the passing offense, the passing deep, the pa uh, running offense, and then the, the defense overall. And I, I added them all together to just kind of see where the Jets added up. And uh, Nick, you heard ESPN say that the Jets – are higher ranked than the Dolphins, and they're right. Because when I look at the numbers, overall, the Bills had the highest score, 66-3, 666, um, 663. Then the Patriots were really close to them with 657. The Jets came in 626, and the Dolphins were under 600 with 597, and that includes Tyreek Hill. And that's the numbers. And now, again, is my... Are my formulas completely accurate? No, this is just more of a, like I said, a projection. People yeah. got swapped out. I'm just using old, you know, last year's grades. I'm just putting this together. And from what I see, Nick, the Jets are better than the Dolphins. And they're closing in on the Patriots and Bills. And if Zach is better than what we think he is, that can get a whole lot closer. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. You guys are making the right strides upwards in that division. And you definitely have better futures than... Miami and as of right now, New England as well, based on yes. what's been going on. So, yeah, Wookie, that's right, Wookie. I like to hear that. You know, we had a one of our boys sent a message out today, our boy Tuan, and it was NFL GMs ranked the positions by importance. And basically, you didn't see this, Michael. It was on the other chat we're on. Um, it was on the job, basically the necessity. What positions are the most important for you to win in the NFL? Number one, obviously, was quarterback. Number two, wide receiver. Number three, edge rusher. Number four, offensive tackle. Number five, defensive tackle. Number six, cornerback. Linebacker is pretty far down the list. So I'm complaining about it and saying it could be our weak spot. But as far as NFL GMs are concerned, it's not necessarily a position you need to be elite to win. you got to have a good quarterback. got to have a good wide receiver. Have to have some edge rushers. Have to have a good offensive line. Look at the Jets right now, guys. Quarterback, we'll put that on pause right now. Okay, we're hoping our boy turns out good, Zach Wilson. Put that up, boss. Put it to the side for a second. But the other top positions, wide receiver. We just drafted a guy number 10. Okay, we got Elijah Moore. We have Corey Davis. We got Braxton Berrios. Pretty solid right there. Edge rusher. We got Carl Lawson coming in. We drafted Jermaine Johnson. Offensive tackle. Probably our best offensive line in a decade. So all the other components you need, at least according to NFL GMs, in place to be successful. Obviously, cornerback also, guys. Um, we have in place... We're going to see what happens here with the quarterback now. Okay, that's what that's what kind of hinge on with everything with the Jets season here, guys. I think this was a tremendous episode. Get some stats out there into the universe. Mike's been up for a month doing these stats, guys. Paying no attention to his kids or his wife or anyone else. Just cranking the numbers out, guys. Tremendous job by you, Mike. Thank you for all your hard work. Putting the Jets and the AFCs kind of in perspective for everyone. We know training camp is popping off right around the corner here, guys. Just about to start. We're about to get ready to go. We'll have all types of headlines and things coming out of training camp. I'm going to try to get down there myself. Get some video, try to interview some people, see what the story is down there at Florham Park. That'll be a blast, Mike. I think we're good, right? Mike, yep. Right? Yep. Good. Um, I mean, that's all we got for you this week. We'll be back next week with the full team in-house. Now, 
I mentioned this earlier. Oh, you know what? I want to sub this into the show in my intro. Because in the intro, I should mention Sammy's not with us, but he might be dropping some shit in for Paris. So hold on. Okay. Okay. All right. Let me try to figure out what was in the intro. All right. That's the Wookiee. And, you know, Sammy's not with us today, guys, in person. This guy, like, as you know, when you're the top football coach in the nation, you're busy. Now, he's international right now, scouting in France. Not a joke. Not a joke. He's actually in Paris, France, right now as we speak, everybody. But he does have a few things he might drop on us through the episode. So keep an eye out for Cousin Sammy as we move along here, talking about all these different positional groups. All right, boom, we're done. Um, all right, now we can sign us out. All right, that's all we got for this week, guys. I hope you enjoyed it. Next week, like I said, training camp's coming. Have a whole bunch to say. We'll have the whole team back together next week. Mike, if anyone doesn't want to get at us or support us in any way, shape, or form, where can they do that? On Facebook, we're at AEBG.JetsRadio. On Twitter, at AEBG underscore NYJ Podcast. And on Instagram, at Jet.AEBG. You heard the man on behalf of the biggest Jet fan in the state of Texas, Michael Agaris, and on behalf of the greatest tight end in Division One history, Nicholas Kronk. My name's Keith Farrell. Get at you next week, everybody. Peace out.